Hello, hello, hello. Good day and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Eschettino. And today I wanted to do a little bit of talking about music. Music as an historian, as a human being, music is absolutely one of the most important uh, most important things, I think, for humanity. I really, I, I don't know of any civilization that hasn't had music, uh, and that's been a successful civilization, that's been a happy civilization. Um, you know, music is always something that we go to. We, we go to music when we're happy. We go to music when we're sad. We go to music to get us through certain times, to inspire us. Um, there's just, there's literally no situation um, that you can really imagine uh, that music is not something that will really just, you know, there, there's not a song for or a hymn for or whatever you have it. And, uh, you know, as for myself, um, you know, I grew up playing the piano. I still do. I still do. I can still play quite a few pieces on the piano. Uh, and I love it. The piano for me, honestly, is, is uh, my own opinion, the piano is the the king of instruments. Um, nothing to me is as powerful as a real... Uh, when you get an expert playing the piano, when you get someone who can play something like Liszt's Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 2, or you can get someone who can play, you know, Beethoven. I mean, it just, it, it just, everything else kind of pales in comparison. And, you know, I was brought up in a musical household. My mother played the piano, um, you know, fairly well. And I can remember, <laughs> I can remember uh, following her around as a little kid. Um, you know, she would dust the house every weekend. And of course, like any other little kid, you know, you want to follow someone around. You want to, can I do that? Can I help? So she used to give me a little dust drag, and I used to follow her around. And now in our, um, uh, I don't know, you'd call it a family room, um, as soon as you walked into my parents' house to the left, there was a room. We had the television and, the you know, and it was other stuff. But we had this gigantic um, record player and 8-track player. And for those of you kids listening to this, 8-track uh, was what they had before they had uh, cassettes. And since that made no sense to you at all because you don't even know for the most part what a cassette is, a cassette came before a CD. And a CD came before an iPod and an iPod came before the iPhone that you all have, you know, where you've you've got your songs, uh, you know, uh, put onto, or where you're just streaming through Spotify or something like that, which conveniently carries this podcast, just throwing that out there. Um, but anyway, my mother used to put on uh, Madame Butterfly, uh, Puccini's Madame Butterfly, and, and, and uh, you know, I used to walk around the house and it was just such, I mean, the, you know, it was booming. You would hear it in any room in the house, and it was phenomenal. Um, you know, it was, it was really um, just walking around and listening to that. It, it encouraged me, like, the sounds, you know, listening to Un Beldi, the, you know, of course, if you, if you know Madame Butterfly, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, uh, do yourself a favor Go and um, go to the opera if you can in New York City. I believe at the Met it's playing this uh, this season. If you can't get up there, 
Um, just YouTube the songs, YouTube it, you know, watch it. Uh, phenomenal story, of course, is the basis of what would become Miss Saigon, one of the most popular, um, you know, plays of our time, musicals of our time. Uh, it's just tremendous. And I remember just listening to the music and thinking, man, it's so powerful, you know, the way that the music goes in. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I know today, you know, look, I, I, <laughs> I always have these discussions with my students and, uh, you know, my own kids and we talk about, you know, what type of music is good. What's, what's good music, okay? And I always get accused of being, you know, the old fogey, like, oh, God, the music you listen to is so 1988, 1990, 1995. No, I get it. When I was growing up, um, you know, I grew up during the grunge era. I mean, anyone uh, who's my age, if you, if you went to high school in the early 90s, um, you are with me. And I will talk about things like the grunge movement. And right now, you're giving a little bit of a smile. And you remember where you were when you were listening, to when you heard your Soundgarden, uh, Nirvana, the, the alt scene, when you heard, um, you know, all of, all of these different groups that came in uh, around then. Uh, Pearl Jam, you know, uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I know maybe not grunge on that one, but, you know, all of these groups in the early 90s. We loved it, okay? We loved it. Um, but, you know, of course, my parents are like, this is crap. This is terrible music. I don't understand how you can listen to this stuff. Um, and the other thing, too, that uh, happened around that time was that rap, R&B, hip-hop made a transition from the kind of, you know, 80s, like where it was just kind of like, you know, just playful and all, it, it made the move into gangster rap. And that was, I mean, for me, I remember listening to the transition and being like, oh my God, what's going on here? You know, it was, it was just, it was out there. I mean, you know, uh, groups like NWA, you know, coming out and, and leading the way and, and uh, a lot of the other stuff, you know, Ice T and Ice Cube, you know, bringing things out. Um, it was it was crazy, okay? It was just very, um, I, I don't know how to say, it was different. I mean, of course, we loved listening to it because we knew that it would aggravate our parents, you know, which all young people, you know, that's one of the goals of young people. Uh, it was back in the day, you know, and that's the funny thing. I always tell, you know, people when I talk to them, older people, my father, for example, his friends, I always say, you know, it was hilarious though, but like your generation listened to Elvis Presley because Elvis Presley aggravated your parents because he was doing, you know, the quote, obscene things, shaking his hips back and forth. Goodness gracious. Thank God we don't have anything like that today. But I said, you know, even with the Beatles, you know, when the Beatles came out, you know, the British invasion, the Beatles, the Stones, I said, you know, you listen to that stuff. Your parents were like, my God, what is this crazy music? Why are these girls screaming and fainting, you know, in the stands? It's always been like that. It's always been a situation where, you know, the music from generation to generation um, appalls the generation before. Now, having said that, I will say that my main uh, thing when I'm judging music is, you know, there there's catchy pop music, and then there's also music that has a deeper meaning to it. There's music that's been written about particular uh, events. There's music that stands the test of time classic things. I mean, um, 
you know, like we we talk about like Queen, okay, one of the great groups of all time. Freddie Mercury, one of the greatest frontmen of all time. Um, and and if you if if any of this stuff is new to you right now, I understand if you're a younger you're a younger lad or lassie listen to this music. Uh, go listen to Queen. Don't pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. Go listen to Queen. Listen to all of their music. They are phenomenal. And Freddie was uh, absolutely. Uh, probably the greatest front man who's ever, well, been a front man. Uh, but, you know, you, you get things like Bohemian Rhapsody, tremendous, stands the test of time. It really does. Um, you know, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin stands the test of time. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, Queen put out some pop music, too. You know, there are Queen songs which were more just, you know, meant to be catchy and, uh, you know, and happening, and, and that's fine. You know, but then there's music that's just, you know, it, it does, it, it's it's timeless, okay? A lot of this stuff um, from back in the day. I mean, and that's one of the things, you know, Elvis Presley, for example, I mean, you know, the main reason, and everyone pretty much knows this at this point, but Presley's whole thing was that he sounded black, but he was white. And at that time period, and we often forget, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, we forget that, in the 1950s and 60s, you know, racism and, and blatant racism was still very, very prevalent. I mean, you, you still had people who were like, you know, no, you're not allowed to listen to a black man singing. I mean, the Righteous Brothers, another one of my, my groups that I, I used to love them a lot when I was younger. I used to listen to a lot of their stuff because, I, you know, and again, anyone my age knows, Top Gun we didn't want to be pilots. We wanted to be naval aviators. Okay, that was the deal. And I would watch Top Gun again and again and again and again. And then, of course, you lost that love and feeling. Uh, one of the great songs. I, I honestly believe such a powerful uh, song. You know, and that was in there. And, and we we loved it. We got on with that. Um, and you know, it's it when you talk about the way things have gone. I get criticized sometimes because the Beatles. I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles. I will say this, in all truth, I have come around on them a bit. And usually when I say, you know, that I, I, when I say, like, I don't think the Beatles were as good as everyone says, I get treated the way that, you know, people discussing baseball would say if they were like, well, Babe Ruth was all right. You know, he wasn't the greatest, but he was all right. Or saying, you know, well, Pele was, you know, Maradona, they were, they were decent enough players, and they were good. Um, my whole thing with the Beatles is I just, a lot of their music, I just, I always viewed them as um, a catchy boy band. Now, you know, Paul McCartney is laughing all the way to, you know, the bank with, with that and saying, that's really good. You know, Anthony Giacchettino, you think that the Beatles were a boy band. You know, the amount of money we made, you know, says otherwise. And Beatles songs definitely have stood the test of time, Okay. I just, you know, there's, there's, um, I don't know, it's just, there's something about it. It's, it's pop. It's good pop music. But I just feel that people look at the Beatles and it's almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy that they're like, the Beatles are great. Well, why? Because their music is great. Well, why? Because it is, you know, and I've always said, you know, and sometimes I've said it more meanly than other times, what the Beatles are, the Beatles basically represent a generation a generation that grew up at a time of conflict in the United States when uh, things were basically hitting the fan, as it were, with Vietnam, the, the economy, law and order, 
Nixon, and the Beatles represented, just like when I listened to music from the 90s, um, you know, I put on Sirius XM Channel 34, Lithium, and it plays all these songs, and I'm like, ah, that was my sophomore year in high school. Oh, that one was junior year. I remember going to a concert when I saw, you know, these guys. For me, it's comforting because it's like it brings back these memories, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, that was my childhood. That was my youth. And I think what the Beatles do with a lot of people is um, they they bring back for people of a certain generation this idea that uh, this was my childhood. And unfortunately, a lot of that generation, you know, there were high hopes. There was the whole counterculture. There was the whole we're going to tear the system down and do this and that. And then none of it happened. Um, you know, I mean, you went from the hippie movement to Nixon being in charge. And then within, within 10 years, you had Ronald Reagan. And you had the complete backlash against liberalism. And, and the, the, the whole uh, beginning of the conservative Christian movement in the United States in politics. And, you know, then you end up where we are today. And I think a lot of these people from that generation look at the Beatles and say, man... You know, that was that was something else, and it represented a great time, and they don't want to let go, and I don't blame them, uh, but I do feel that it's, you know, it's something that is, uh, uh, you know, the Beatles, I don't feel were, were really great. If you asked me, you know, I think that Queen had some great stuff. I mean, obviously, Freddie Mercury, and I know the movie uh, that, that was released recently about him, you know, has stoked a lot of people. I mean... <laughs> I remember, you know, I had known Queen songs before, but then it was, I have to admit, it was Wayne's World, which if you haven't watched Wayne's World, you're a youngster, go out and watch Wayne's World, okay? It was a fantastic movie. But, you know, when Bohemian Rhapsody came out, I was like, what is this song? I need to know more. And then it was, okay, I have to go out. It was the Wayne's World soundtrack. And then I was like, no, 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 I need to know more. And then I was like, you know, I found myself getting hold of Queen's greatest hits. And then I was like, no, 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 that's not enough. I need to get Night at the Opera. I need to get uh, all of these other albums. And, you know, I, I did. And then, you know, it was in those days, you have to remember, I, we didn't have access to the internet. You know, we didn't. And when, when I was doing this stuff, you know, when we were doing this, those of you my age, we couldn't just go online unless you couldn't YouTube things. It wasn't around. You, know, you had to go to the store and buy the album. Uh, if they had it, if they didn't have it, well, you were out of luck because you couldn't order it from somewhere because there was no internet, okay? You know, we didn't have the internet. I didn't get AOL until, was it, 95, I think. So, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, that's you you've got queen u2 if i was going to name groups that i think have been extremely influential in modern music a queen u2 u2 is absolutely amazing i mean they just there's very little u2 puts out there that isn't phenomenal um the police it's a personal thing i love them i love sting i think a lot of their music you know there's there's a lot of their music that is just kind of pop but there are some very deep tracks, and especially Sting, once he went solo, really, um, you know, he went after some groups uh, to try and call attention to certain things. Um, you know, Led Zeppelin, I mean, for goodness sake, there's not much better than solid Led Zepp uh, coming out there. Um, you know, and I mean, I think that there, there are other artists. Um, I don't know the name. I remember the one... Uh, <laughs> My kids are always telling me, and the difference too is that, you know, you have to have, I always say, you know, it's not about the cursing or whatever. Look, 
I listen to music with cursing in it, okay? Tupac, Biggie, Nas, uh, you know, NWA, all these guys, you know, and, and it's fine, okay? It's fine. Um, I'm not a big fan of the misogyny of the anti-woman sentiments in some of them. But my whole thing is it's like, you know, there was a message. Uh, a lot of the cursing dealt with issues that were going on w- within the community. You know, you listen to Tupac and Biggie, they're rapping from a perspective. They're rapping about a place and a time, about the way that impoverished African-Americans within, you know, their cities were, were finding ways to live their life out um, and, and telling a story. And then you get someone like, you know, the one guy that, you know, I wake up in the morning, I got murder on my mind, um, who is now, um, you know, indicted on charges of killing a couple of his friends. or whatever. I mean, again, if, if you're going to kill your friends, don't write a song about it and put it out there. That's probably not a good idea, but but he did. Um, and, you know, that, that's it. But, I mean, tell a story. My advice, if you were thinking about going into music right now as a young man or woman, um, make your music about telling a story, about talking about issues. Don't just make it something where you repeat the same lines over and over and, and you have nothing. I mean, if you want to do that to, to get popular in the beginning and then start telling a story, okay, I get it. And, and I get that not every song can be as deep and as rich. But, you know, music has always been about telling a story. And that's why, as a historian, I am so into music. Because from the time of Bach and, and, and Beethoven and, and, you know, the great operas of years past, Verdi, Puccini, um, Rossini, and, and even into, you know, the spirituals, um, into the, the music, into Um Kalsum. If you don't know Um Kalsum, go look her up. Um, <clears throat> it's just... We, we have stories that are told, and they're important, and music makes storytelling even better. And that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. So, you know, um, my thing is, continue listening to music, guys, um, and, and continue broadening your horizons. Listen to music from other countries, listen to music in other languages. It doesn't matter if you understand the language or not. Um, you just listen to the music. You you might pick some things up, and uh, you know, go out there and experiment. Learn an instrument. Go for it. Um, I want to take the last couple of moments of this to say, uh, number one, um, this is my tenth episode. I'm very happy about that. I know it's not really been a week. Um, I am going to really try hard to make more episodes, uh, because I've seen an uptick in the number of people that have been uh, seeing it. I do want to say I'm really impressed. Um, one of the things that's amazing to me, I mean, I've, I've found that I have people listening to people from the Philippines. Excellent. Very good. The United States. Um, I've had people listening to me from multiple states. I've had at least five different states. Uh, I love it. Okay. I love it. New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Texas, Minnesota. Love you guys. Send, send this over to your friends. Tell them to listen. You know, tell them to... Uh, to subscribe, you can subscribe, uh, you know, uh, to the podcast. Like I said, I'm on Apple, Google, um, you know, Spotify, a couple others. Go for it. Also, like I said, I, I'm putting up pretty much just uh, related stuff on uh, Twitter. Antonius Optimus is the uh, Twitter feed. Uh, A N T O N I U S O P T I M U S. 
uh, Antonius Optimus is the Twitter feed. Um, and, you know, I'll basically just be putting up stuff about the podcast there. So um, I hope that everyone has a wonderful rest of their day wherever you are listening to this. And uh, please continue checking up. We will be putting more stuff up uh, in the near future. Other than that, uh, love to everyone. And you guys keep on keeping on. We will talk again soon. I am again Anthony J. Ashatino, and we will talk to you in the future. Bye-bye.